Welcome into the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. I'm your substitute host, Eric Eager here. Austin Gale couldn't make it today, so I'm going to host for the second time this week. With me is Ben Brown. Ben, how you doing? I'm doing pretty well. I mean, I, I hope Austin is enjoying his New Year's Eve a little bit more than we are, you know, launching this podcast, everyone bringing it in 2021 in style. But uh, we're going to be here serving the PFF Daily Betting Podcast listeners at this point. So I'm excited. Big game, big slate of games tomorrow. I guess not not as big as we'd normally expect from a New Year's Day slate, but we definitely have, you know, both college football playoff matchups. So I'm definitely excited to uh, get into some nitty gritty betting previews here. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we we haven't had the best of bowl seasons. We did get on the right side of the number with Oklahoma. Uh, then that got all the way out to eight and a half. Um, and we, we parlayed that a little bit with the under, and that was the worst. Um, and then today we had a little bit of Army both against the spread and on the money line. Luckily, Army came through, but they should, probably should have won the game having an 11-point uh, lead going into uh, you know early in the second half, so that so that it's been an interesting bowl season. I think well there are, you know eight games left, include well eight games, and then the, the championship game left. There's we have a decent amount of an edge on the uh, Saturday slate, but we're going to talk because you have your own podcast tomorrow. We're going to just talk about the Friday slate here. First off, Friday's game noon Eastern, our Cincinnati Bearcats taking on the Georgia Bulldogs. The Bearcats now seven and a half point underdogs money line on this game, plus 240 for Cincinnati minus 300 for Georgia. I do think Cincinnati look, this is a game. I think where the group of five team has something to prove and the power five SEC, uh, you know, what, you know, pissed off team, like there, there uh, is there a chance that they lay down here? I mean, I could definitely see it. I do think Cincinnati. This is like you know they're going to be the team that is probably the most up for a bowl game outside of those playing in the college football playoffs. So I definitely think that they're live here um, at this point. I think Georgia uh, kind of had a disappointing season. Obviously, there's some things to look forward to in 2021. JT Daniels will be back. They'll have you know a few other quarterbacks in the mix as well. A lot, but a lot of their players are coming back. But it was kind of just a disappointing rebuilding season for them. Maybe they will be you know excited to potentially build on something to go into 2021. But I definitely think the Bearcats. Um, are the correct side here. I am kind of, you know, baffled at the fact that the market's kind of moved against them. I think it was basically seven held on to that, you know, basically until yesterday, I think was basically the time when we kind of added the hook here. Uh, a lot of the cash tick percentages are on Georgia, but I can't get over the fact that I do think Cincinnati is definitely going to be, you know, playing well here. I think they have something to prove. And I do think that if I was siding between even the seven and a half on the spread or the plus two to 54 on the money line, I do kind of like the money line. I mean, that's the side that Greenline kind, kind of finds just a little bit of value on. Obviously, with these lower total games, 51 and a half points, uh, kind of anything can happen. And our ELO rankings have these teams, you know, much closer than I think you know, basically the power rankings for, uh, you know, the betting markets do at this point in time. So I'm uh, definitely liking the Bearcats here. Yeah. And, you know, that's hard to do when you're from a group of five, you really do have to have a really great season to uh, have an ELO ranking close to, you know, the Georges or a team we're going to talk about right now, which is the Auburn Tigers, four point underdogs facing the Northwestern Wildcats total on the game, 43 and a half. We talked about this a little bit early in the week. Totals a little bit low, but I'm going to focus here on the, Auburn Tigers getting points here against the Northwestern team that, yes, took Ohio State, you know, down to the wire. Um, an Auburn team that just got done firing their head coach. Like, 
is there – I mean, that's really the reason why we're seeing Northwestern favor in this game. I don't think in a, in any other circumstance would you see uh, a team like Northwestern getting – uh, you know, having to lay points here in this one. Yeah, I definitely think um, that's probably the general narrative that people are going with at this point. You know, Northwestern, uh, better known team in the Big Ten, which isn't necessarily all that great outside of Ohio State at the top. Um, you know, we have, you know, the SEC is probably the strongest team in all, or the strongest conference in all of the FBS, and I think that's clear in how kind of you know our projections and our rankings break out. So we do have Auburn as the better team. Um, I think that's definitely probably not the public side for the narratives that you kind of described here. Gus Malzahn's obviously out the door already. Uh, Northwestern was able to kind of keep it close for a little while with Ohio State in the Big Ten title game. So um, I don't know. I it's The market's also kind of moved against Auburn here a little bit. Anthony Schwartz was announced out. I think maybe that's the reason that we moved up from three and a half to four. Uh, maybe they're expecting just a couple more opt-outs. I know there was some, you know, uh, questions to Tank Bigsby as well. Um, but there's just um, probably a little bit too out of a spread based on where we have our power hands on for Auburn at this point in time. Uh, and I think, you know, the cash percentage actually kind of agrees with us, uh, especially at this plus four number here a little bit later um, in the week, basically. So I don't know. I... I think I think you are right in the fact that I think Auburn's definitely the correct side. Um, it kind of depends on how you evaluate some of these conference, conferences and their performance and sizing those teams up, you know, without really having the non-conference schedule to benefit us this year. Yeah, do you think the SEC struggling um, in the bowl game so far being a, a reason here? Northwestern coming off of a, a, a like I said, a game effort. Uh, against Ohio State the last time that they played. I think those are all contributing to what, in, in my estimation, is an inflator number. I'm probably going to bet Auburn here. Um, okay, so those are the two bowls for tomorrow or for today, um, the January 1st edition here. Um, these numbers haven't really moved. Uh, we have seen a little bit of over money in Clemson, Ohio State. Total has stayed sort of flat in Notre Dame versus Alabama. Alabama laying 19 and a half points, Ohio State getting seven and a half points against Clemson. Um, of these two games, which one do you think uh, you know shows more promise from a betting and DFS perspective, Ben? Yeah, I mean, we've kind of touched on it earlier, but I've, I'm going to continue to go to the back to the fact that I do think Ohio State is the correct side. I do think they're, um, you know, going back to the whole conference narratives, um, outside of it, I do think they're probably held back a little bit by how others view the Big Ten as being kind of weak here. Like we've even seen that kind of play out just a little bit in a few of these bowl games as well. But seven and a half just feels like too big of a spread um, based on where we have these two teams sitting in basically all of our metrics. I do think that their offenses are very similar. Um, you know, there's a, there's going to continue to be the kind of the Trevor Lawrence versus Justin Fields debate here. I think everybody would basically have Trevor Lawrence, um, you know, in front of Justin Fields. Maybe that's a motivation spot for Justin Fields here to actually play, you know, up to our expectations coming into the 2020 season. He hasn't necessarily um, lived up to the hype so far. But I go back to the fact that our, you know, PFF passing grades kind of have these guys uh, neck and neck at this point. So I think um, if you're giving an edge to Clemson based solely on quarterback play, I don't think that's necessarily the correct approach. Um, and defensively, obviously, um, neither of them have faced off against, you know, too many high-quality offenses that go back to basically Clemson facing off against North Carolina. Ohio State hasn't really seen uh, too much um, from the defense side of the football for teams that would actually challenge them. 
but you know our opponent just grades have these guys back to back as well so i think this game's going to play a lot closer than expected i do think that the under is probably the correct approach which makes me a little bit more um hesitant to pull the trigger on this game being the game stack approach but i think from an ownership perspective it's probably going to be lower um than what we'll see coming out of like the alabama sides and things so i don't know it's kind of a intriguing slate from a dfs perspective um, but i think the correct betting approach is definitely to take ohio state um at this point in time i know i i know i you know we've discussed basically like a teaser with clemson at this point in time but i kind of like just taking the points with ohio state um as we get closer to kickoff here is that aside side that you're still leaning towards eric yeah, I think you, know, you have to go with your numbers here. I think Clemson, I talked about this on, on Seth Galina's college podcast where, you know, I think Trevor Lawrence is, is obviously still the best, you know, prospect, but I don't know if this year has necessarily strengthened that uh, case. Um, and, you know, obviously Fields has really struggled, um, but, you know, going priors matter and he's only played a handful of games. And so going into the year, you know, we thought he was neck and neck with Lawrence, um, you know, for this one game, I think that that might be the case. So uh, give me Ohio State here plus the seven and a half. I think as far as Alabama versus Notre Dame, um, I, I I don't know if I can touch this from a betting perspective. I mean, I as far as I can't, you know, laying the points, it's a lot of points to give to two elite college football teams. Um, the total, I, I, I am... I, I think that this game might end up being like 31-10, right. uh, you know, or something like that, where you're sweating out the minus 19 the whole time, and because Ian Book can't get anything done, the over um, is a problem. So uh, we do know that 83% of the tickets are on the over in that game. We know 96% of the tickets are on the over in the Clemson-Ohio State game. If you're going to be a contrarian, I think obviously betting the under in both of these is a smart play. Um, but good luck betting unders in college football. Yeah, we've we've unfortunately experienced some uh, pushback on us betting unders here previously, but we did get the Army game total to go over, which is great to see. But yeah, the you know fading fading Oklahoma Florida shootout was kind of a painful experience. I don't know if I can go back to the well uh, here for the college football playoffs. And the thing is, is you're just rooting for uh, you know suboptimal football to be played when you're rooting for unders. And I kind of want to see uh, some quality games here in the college football playoffs. So I think um, I'm with you. I think you have to bet the under if you're going to take a side on the total. Uh, but it's probably not the most enjoyable experience to start 2021 with. So maybe uh, just take a break. Take Ohio State uh, plus seven and a half. Maybe take them on the money line as well. Uh, or just for a little bit um, or something. But other than that, uh, yeah, it's kind of a little bit of a thin, you know, New Year's e New Year's Day slate. I keep going back. I do kind of like Cincinnati to cover. So those are the two uh, spots that I would probably lean towards from a betting perspective for this New Year's Day slate. Well, I'm excited. I think this will be a fun day. Unlike today, where one game was at noon, another game was at like one or two, and another game was at four, you got two games in the 12 to one o'clock hour, then you got four o'clock, then you got eight o'clock, uh, and then the following day, uh, you know, you got them spread out. Similarly, um, it's going to be a great two days of football, and then we get into week 17 with the NFL, where a lot of People, you know, teams' playoff hopes ride. We just found out that David Bakhtiari injured his knee uh, in Green Bay practice. Their their need for the one seed increases because they're a little bit more fragile there. It's going to be a, a great weekend of football, uh, and, and we're leading you off to the new year with that. Uh, I think, you know, to celebrate the new year, I think I'm going to go – uh, to a different state and, and put together some DFS lineups for tomorrow uh, talking about the stacks we talked about earlier in the week on Tuesday as well as today. So um, for Ben Brown, I'm Eric Eager. Um, this is the PFF Daily Betting Podcast.